All right. All right, all right. Let's get this started. How's everybody doing tonight? Good? Thank you, Alyssa. Thank you for being my, my cheerleader. Thank you, thank you. Hey, um, I just want to give a shout-out to my, my buddy Carlos. Carlos, thanks for being here, bro. We went back to Bible school together, and you're here, and I love you, man. Thanks for being here. Hey, guys, um, I'm incredibly excited as, as like, we get um, the, the, we come to a conclusion of this, this series, something that God put in my heart for, for our community and, and where we're going. And it really was, for me, uh, something that God spoke to me would be the foundation to what we would build here. And we've had this conversation throughout these last four weeks, and tonight would, would, we're going to come to an end to it. But it's this conversation of the Holy Spirit. And who the Holy Spirit is and what the Holy Spirit is about. And why don't we talk about the Holy Spirit enough? And there's this passage in scripture that kind of can almost speak to some of, some of us here in the room. It says this. It's our theme verse in Acts. It says, while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples. Notice they were disciples. They believed in Jesus. And he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they answered, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And so I wanted to create this conversation to, to introduce the Holy Spirit within the life and the journey of our faith. You see, because there's, there's too much going on in this world. When I look at the scriptures, when I look at the person of the Holy Spirit, Grandma Liz in our huddle, we have a huddle at 420, and uh, she, she gave the, the, we call it the woe, the word of encouragement, and she gave it, and, and she said something that was so true, and she said, I got this from Billy Graham, but it's still, it's, it's perfect, and, and she was talking about that the, that the Holy Spirit is a person, and we've talked about that, and that's why it's so imperative that we have a, a sound teaching around this conversation. But tonight, I truly believe that God wants to impart something to you. That it is a gift, and we talked about it last week. We talked about the gift of the Holy Spirit, that God has given us gifts to, to teach. God's given us gifts to serve. God's given us a gift to, to give. God's given us gifts for, for the prophetic. God has given us gifts in this room to create something beautiful and powerful and to be the voice of God in our community, in our life, in our friends, in our, 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 the people around us. And, and then in the first, the very first conversation we had was the Holy Spirit and the true definition of the Holy Spirit. When we look at it both in the Hebrew and the, the Greek, it's basically a fresh wind of God's breath, a breath of fresh air in our sails. And I don't know about you, but I so desperately need at times, almost all the time, in my sail, in life, I need a fresh wind. Because life can get hard, life can get tough. And, and when I find myself pressing forward and moving into the things of God, there seems to be this, this fight against the wind, against what God is doing, against the power of what he has in store for my life and for your life. And so therefore it is incredibly important that we understand the power and the movement and that the Holy Spirit is a person. That the Holy Spirit is a person. So the conversation today is, I've titled it, Be Filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. You, did you know that there's a filling of the Holy Spirit? 
I don't know about you, but there have been moments in my life, and, and one that I'll share with you, that it was, it was a powerful experience that I had with God. To be honest, if it wasn't for certain experiences, I probably, when life gets hard and I'm going through the valley, there's moments where God reminds me of those experiences. You see, because the scripture says we walk by faith and not by sight, yet there are moments in our life that God wants to give you a breath of fresh air in your sails. And it doesn't happen over and over and over again, and it doesn't happen oftentimes the same way, but he wants to give you a tangible experience. I truly believe that, that there is an experience that can be had with God. Be filled with the Spirit. So I was searching the scriptures, and I've, I've talked to different pastors and teachers and theologians, and, and, and I even at times when I looked at that, I was like, I didn't even really, I've never even really like heard about this, but I've really been getting deep into this study of the Holy, the Holy Spirit, to be honest. We talked about the dance, and I do it just because I, like, I love to dance. <laughs> but it, just imagine there's three people dancing together. And one is God the Father, one is Jesus the Son, and then there's the Holy Spirit. And, and so often in the church world, because of all the, the negative things that we've heard about the Holy Spirit, we're dancing, and we don't want the Holy Spirit to have his dance. We don't want the Holy Spirit to have his turn. And so Jesus is doing his thing. We talk about Jesus and what he's done on the cross. And yes, we will always, that is our message. Jesus is our message. And we talk about the Father, yet we forget about the Holy Spirit. And I truly believe in the world that we are living within today, that it is only the Holy Spirit's power that can get us through the trials and the tribulations that we face on a day-to-day basis. I myself have gone through some heavy moments of my life. And I know that there are people in this room that could say it better than me. You've gone through some stuff. You've, you've hit rock bottom. You're in the valley. Some of you right now are in a valley. And so we can do, we can try to find what the world gives to us as medication. And I believe in medication. I believe in what the doctor can prescribe. But I also believe that there is a point that the Holy Spirit, the power of God, the movement of God, if we truly believe in the Bible, if we believe in the apostles that they, they had miracles, there were miracles, people that could not walk were walking. People that could not see were seeing. We talked about that last week that there's this theology called sensationalism where this, the movement of God ceased after the last apostle had died. And I do not believe that. I believe that we are living in a day and age that we're gonna see revival like we've never seen it before. I don't say that just because I'm a part of a church and I want there to be more people. I say it because people are desperately searching for hope. Is that not all around us? Is that not on Facebook and on Twitter and on Instagram? There are times myself, I have to remind myself the hope in Jesus. But I forget to let the Holy Spirit dance in my life. And so when I'm low, I go, all right, all right, all right. I don't know about the theology, about do I say Holy Spirit or Jesus or God? Remember we talked about? I don't care. I just say Holy Spirit now. Holy Spirit. The power of God within me, I need you to speak in my life. I need you to move in my life. I need hope because it seems like everything around me is filled with despair. And I let him dance. I let him do his thing. I fan the flame of God in my life. 
And that comes with gifts and it comes with special power that only God can give you. And the culture we talked about, the culture is all about this, by the way. What's that show that we talked about? I'm running a blank. On Netflix? Stranger Things. Like, guys, it's in the culture. I, even right here in this room, I know right now you're curious about that stuff. You're curious about the movement of God. You're curious when there's weird stuff happening in your home. Strange activity happening. A buddy of mine posted something, and I was like, man, I don't know why you posted that. Like, I wish, wish you wouldn't have done that because we, we have this, this idea that paranormal activity can only come from evil things. Yet there's another side to evil, and it's goodness. It's power. It doesn't bring despair. It doesn't bring fear. If there is a voice in your mind right now speaking fear or terror or despair over you, it is not the voice of God. And we have to acknowledge it first and foremost and let the Holy Spirit have his dance in our mind, in our heart, in our lives. But as we talked about, God gives us salvation that is a free gift, but I truly believe there's more to it than just that. That's amazing. I can't wait for heaven. In fact, I grew up in a church every single week. It was a fear factor. I, I, I still, I'm not opposed to it, but if I were to stand up here and talk to you about hell the entire sermon and said, if you don't want to go to hell, can you come up here? I, I'm pretty sure unless you really want to be in hell, you'll stay where you're sitting. But I truly believe no person wants to be in damnation and in fear. We've already tasted it here on earth. Why in the world would we want that as an afterlife? But you have to know this, first and foremost, we believe in a heaven. If there's a heaven, is there not a hell? And so sin separates us, but when we receive God's goodness and his grace, there is salvation. But I truly believe there's more to it than just this. And it's living this life that we're living. It's doing what God's called us to do. Whatever dream you have in your life, God wants you to fulfill it. If God spoke it to you, he wants you to walk it out. But how do I do it? Because the mountains are too high and it gets tough and there's fear and there's anxiety and there's depression and this happened in my life and I feel as though I can't get up and move anymore. Well, my friend, you need the touch and the feeling of the Holy Spirit. So we talked about it, right? We talked about the Holy Spirit. And, and I'm, I'm first, I'm honestly like, when, I start, when Kelly and I started this journey, I grew up in that environment in an environment of the Holy Spirit where I saw powerful movement of God, but I, at the same time, how many of you have seen like the ugly side of that? Where it's forced, where it's, it's like, ah, I don't know if I like that stuff. It, it just doesn't feel right. It, does, it doesn't feel authentic. And there's a, there's a place for those moments. Honestly, in moments where I was just a little boy, my mom would take me to this prayer service, and I had no idea what I was doing there. And there would be a lady, though, the package, we talked about the package. If I had like, if this was a pizza box, we all want pizza. Like, if you don't like pizza, then I, I don't know what to say. But I think we all like pizza, right? And it's like, like James, like, bro, you want the pizza, right? So I, I want to give James the pizza. I want to give him the pizza because that's what's inside the box. But we, what we've done is we've, we've packaged it the wrong way. Hear me out, friend. If we believe in the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, which we will talk about and I'll prove to you in the scriptures, that's between you and God if you don't believe the scriptures. 
But it's the package of the Holy Spirit. It's the way we've packaged it in generations past. And I'm just here to say I want to be a part of a church that doesn't package it manufactured, that doesn't package it the way we want it to feel and look. No, I just want it to be authentic. I just want it to be real. Because if people could experience personally what I've experienced, I want people to have that. Because it's only the Holy Spirit that gets me through the valleys. So I believe there's three baptisms. You can argue against me. I just want to show you in the scriptures where I found three baptisms. The first, you're baptized into the body of Christ. It says this in 1 Corinthians. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body. It's not talking about a water baptism. He's saying we, you've been baptized into the body of Christ. When you have received salvation, you are now baptized into his body. Sounds weird language, right? But you're, you're a part of the body. You're a part of the house. You're a part of the tribe. But when you receive salvation, we say this, you don't have to believe what we believe to belong here. But I want you to hear us. When you receive Jesus, his goodness, his grace, he baptizes you into the body of Christ. That's why community is so incredibly imperative to the spiritual journey of life. Studies show it. Psychologists show it. There's, a, there's something important about community, about tribe, about belonging. Galatians says this, you are all sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. For all of you who were baptized into Christ, there it is, have clothed yourselves with Christ. So there is a baptism in Christ, hence the church. You guys with me on that? And here's the second one that we all know so well, water baptism. Acts says those who accepted this message were baptized. And that's an actual literal baptism. It's a public declaration you can, because you see like I, I can say at the end of the service, hey, raise your hand. And I think sometimes that's important to do something and to get yourself out of like the comfort zone, to step into the unknown. Whatever God wants to do, we're, gonna, we're just going to do that. And there's something about raising your hand. Yeah, that's all good. But at the end of the day, it's between you and God. It's really between you and God. You can go home and be brushing your teeth. I think I, I want you, Jesus. Like I want you in my life. You got salvation. It's that, it's that easy. You can go home and be working on your car or your motorcycle. You can, you can go and take a shower and just be showering thinking about what was talked about tonight. And the Holy Spirit will speak and prompt. And it doesn't matter where you're at, where it happens. The power comes from the Spirit and he's everywhere. He's all around us. So here's the baptism, the public one. Matthew 10 says this, whoever acknowledges me before men. There's something public about it. I will also acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. This is a heavy verse, so take it. Take it with a grain of salt, but it's true. But whoever disowns me before men, this is Jesus speaking, I will disown him before my Father in heaven. What he's saying is, do, do you own me publicly? Have you, have you really got to a point where it's a public thing between you and God? Or is it just like a closet thing? Or is it just something you don't really want people to know about? If you were approached on the street, hey, do you believe in Jesus Christ? Would you be like, ah, I don't, like, Peter did that. People have done it. Peter couldn't even tell a girl that, like, Jesus was real. 
Look it up. It was one of the last things someone asked him. It was a woman that asked Jesus, Peter, did you know this Jesus? And he's like, I don't know anything about this Jesus. He disowned him. So it's important to publicly recognize something. That's why I, we really we believe in water baptism, by the way. We just had it not too long ago in, in, in summertime. There's people in this room that got baptized. And, and again, theologians will say, different churches will say, well, it matters by how you say it. You gotta be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Well, you didn't say in the name of Jesus. You really think you're gonna go to heaven. Jesus is gonna go, ah, that pastor, he didn't say in the name of Jesus Christ. So, sorry, guys. Man, no, it's, that doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't matter. It's, it's, it's a heart check. It's a public check. But tonight I want to talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And by the way, if you haven't been water baptized, let us know. Find a leader. Hit us up on Instagram. DM us. Do whatever you need because we want to celebrate that. It, needs, it really should go public. But the last one I want to talk about for the remainder of the night is, is a baptism in the Holy Spirit. Not talked about much in the, in the, in the church, to be honest. And I think packaged in such a way where it's like, that's weird and I don't want it. But it's imperative. The enemy, he's so good with what he does. The enemy will make something that is so beautiful and so powerful, he will make it twisted so that you don't want anything to do with it. But it's the very thing, it's the very power of the Holy Spirit that will get you out of your valley. It's the very Holy Spirit that will give you the boldness to pick up a microphone and tell people about God. It's the very Holy Spirit that will give you the courage to step in and do that business, start that business, move in a way that God wants you to move. I personally believe it. It's my own opinion, but I only find it through the scriptures. There's a boldness that comes with the Holy Spirit. I know Kelly, Kelly even said this to me. She's like, I don't really like public speaking. I don't like having a microphone. But I don't know if you remember. And by the way, she's going to have the microphone a lot, much more than, than just what we've seen. I, and I believe that in women, women too in the church. Women too in the church are going to have a microphone to speak because God is doing something, not just in men, he does it in women. The scripture says that the spirit of God fell upon, no, it didn't say it didn't fall upon all men. It said all flesh. So I'm sorry if that bothers you, like theology, but we're going to celebrate women in the church. So anyway, I told Kel, I was like, Kel, like, you got to start speaking more. And she's like, I know, I just, gosh, ah. But she said, it, she said, Sammy, if it wasn't the power of the Holy Spirit to give me the boldness to go up and speak, I probably wouldn't be able to do it. There's a faith, an unknown, invisible, invincible faith that has to be caught. You have to catch it. You have to own it. You have to desire it. You have to seek it. You have to seek the face of God. You have to pray that the Holy Spirit move in your life. Because salvation is free, but water, baptism, Jesus doesn't force you to do it. We're not, we're not, that's not, we're not doing that. We're not going to force you to be filled with the Holy Spirit either. That is on you. There's some work Honestly, there's some work that just as we desire, right, James, we desire, like we always call each other more, man, I want to be better. I, I want to be a better husband. I want to be a better pastor. I want to be a better friend. And so call things out in me because we have that equity. I want to be better. So that means I have to put in some work. It doesn't just happen. I hope you're not offended by it, but like if you want to be and have more, you have to be called to more. And by the way, the Holy Spirit will do that for you. He'll convict you. He'll remind you. If you let him, he'll knock on your heart, and it's always a small, subtle voice. Hey, this is probably not a good idea. 
oh, no, but the wind, yeah, you're going that way. I want to just go this way, though. I'm going to go do whatever I want. And, like, there's a grace thing, and I'll just ask for forgiveness. And, yes, 100%, but after a point in your life, there has to be a maturity check. Honestly. We're going to love you wherever you're at, but as long as you're a part of this tribe of coin, as long as you're a part of the church, of the body, we're going to call you to more. And, and, and I'll just ask the Holy Spirit before I, we even have to have a conversation with him. Holy Spirit, could you please talk to them? Because I don't want to, like leadership is so hard. People think leadership is fun. It's not. It's really hard, right, Teresa? Like to have to like talk to people and, and there's a certain culture we want here. We want the power of God here. So there's a certain posture we must have. We want a culture of non-judgment. There's a certain culture we must have. We, we desire a culture of leaning in. There's a certain posture we must have. But like, if, if Kelly or Samuel, if we don't talk about it, it's not gonna happen. If things go, if there's like misconduct that's taking place in the church and it's just like, oh my gosh, confrontation again? And I'm like, if I didn't have the Holy Spirit, I wouldn't be able to do this. I really like, I, it's some hard stuff, big decisions that have to be made. And all I'm saying is the dream that God's given me, he will give you a unique and specific dream to walk out, to carry out. And it starts with though salvation and then actually doing something, being filled, to have power, to be witness, to do whatever it is that you're called to do. The scripture says this, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. When they arrived, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Side note, Peter denies Christ three times. In 50 plus days, Jesus is gone. The baptism is poured out. It's crazy. People are speaking in tongues. People are thinking they're like drunk. After that, Peter gets up and he preaches a message to 3,000 people and they receive Jesus. He couldn't even tell a girl that he believed in Jesus. There's only one thing that happened between that 50 plus window and it was the baptism, the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Boldness that takes place. And I want that for you. I want that for me. I don't want it to say, look at us. I, 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 like you need it desperately. When you're in your dark hour, you need the Holy Spirit. When you're in your dark hour, you need to somehow train your mind. When the voices come, when wickedness comes, when death comes in your mind, you have to teach yourself with the help of the Holy Spirit because he will do it for you. I desire more of you, God. Help me through this. And they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them. They had simply been baptized, there it is, baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. I'm not making this up. Like, do you guys see that? <laughs> like, are we gonna actually believe this? First John says, for there are three, I love this. Gosh, this is so good. There are three that bear witness in heaven. The Father, this is where we get the Trinity. The Father, the Word. John loved talking about Jesus as the Word. Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. And there are three that bear witness on earth. Here it is. Here's the three. The Spirit, 
being filled in the Holy Spirit, the water, being actually baptized, and the blood, salvation. Did you catch that? When I read that, I was doing a study, I was like, oh my goodness, that's amazing. There's three experiences. The first is it's a gift to you. The second takes some work. The third is, is, is asking the Holy Spirit to fill you for witness, for power, for movement. So how are we filled with the Spirit is the great question, right? Scripture says this in Ephesians 5. Do not get drunk on wine. Notice it says don't get drunk on wine, okay? Whatever, like that's between you and God. But like it just says don't get drunk. Because what happens in drunkenness? Like bad stuff I could show you throughout the scriptures. Like really bad stuff happened when people would get drunk. There was pain that would happen. There was heavy stuff that happened. There's never anything good that comes out of that, right? Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Why? Because I, th I think when there's like this, this, this toxic, there's something that comes, and like our mind is altered a little bit. I've been around so many drunk people at work, it's incredible. And everyone's different, right? Like everyone does it this, a different way, but it's like there's something, there's, there's an excitement that comes with it. And the scriptures knows that. And so the scriptures saying, no, don't do that. Don't get drunk that way. Get drunk with the spirit. Because with the spirit, it lasts forever. Because I understand that people go to certain substances because there's sometimes pain in their life. There's brokenness in their life. And so there's, there's a desire for a filling that can only happen momentarily. But with the spirit, it's forever. And so the scripture is saying, don't look for other ways to be filled. Just look for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will fill you. The Holy Spirit will be with you. So how do we do it? Three ways. First, remove all barriers. Pretty simple, right? Remove all barriers. It could start with stuff going on in your life, with, with pain, with brokenness, with an addiction that it's a habitual and you know it's terrible. You know if you could just get that one thing out of your life, it would be be life would be better. Scripture says in Acts, Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. Side note. Did we just, did you, did you catch that? And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children. When you repent, you're baptized into the church, into the, the God, into the body, and you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So, side note, okay? Like, I, I gotta say this. Some of you are like, it doesn't, I, I didn't even, it doesn't matter. But this is really important. I really want you to get this. I do not believe that when you are filled with the Holy Spirit that there has to be something that happens and if it doesn't happen, you don't have the Holy Spirit. Please hear me. I believe in speaking in, in another language, tongues. I believe in that. I, tr I personally do. But I just don't believe that if you don't speak in tongues when you receive salvation or when you have an experience, if you don't speak in it, you don't have the Holy Spirit. That's not what the scripture says. Did you read it? I believe, though, that there is an experience. I do believe that we should desire. Paul said we should desire prophecy. We should desire the gifts. So there should be a desire, but I do not believe that if you don't have a certain expression of a gift that you don't have the Holy Spirit. Do you hear me? 
I believe that when you receive Christ, you have the Holy Spirit, but you have to learn how to unlock the key, the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. Because you can go your whole life not experiencing, not allowing him to dance in your life. Yet you have him. Yet you have him. The second is to request the gift of the Holy Spirit. Pretty simple, right? God, I I want the gift of the Holy Spirit. I want the gift. I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Luke says, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? It's pretty simple. Ask God for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Three is receive him by faith. You see, God is gonna make us, I don't know why God does this, but I truly believe that he moves most in your life when you take a leap of faith into something. When you walk out into the unknown for some reason, that's just how God operates. He operates in the unknown. And so I believe there's levels to faith. And when you step into the unknown is when God truly starts to move on your behalf. Why? You're not relying on yourself, you can't. You're relying on him. You're walking by faith and not by sight. Scripture says this is a depiction of, I truly believe, the spiritual life, what it's like. It says this in Ezekiel. As the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits and then led me through the water that was ankle deep. He measured off another thousand cubits and led me through water that was knee deep. See, there's like, let's just talk about worship for a second, okay? If you're ankle deep, you're kind of like, you're just, oh, yeah, like, I'm worshiping. I don't know what really worship is, but, like, the music sounds good. And you're just, but you've, you've, you've asked God to give you life. You've asked him for salvation, and you're coming because you know there's something here. You know he wants more to do in your life. You know he's calling you to more. So we can come, and, and, and I, believe me, I've been there where I'm just like, oh, these people were weird. These people were strange. <laughs> and, 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 you know. It's just like, yeah. That's like ankle deep, okay? I believe that on your faith journey. We can use that for so many other analogies, but there's an analogy to the faith journey. There might be people in this room that you've just gone and you're good. You have salvation, but there's more, friend. There's more. He measured off another thousand cubits and led me through the water that was knee deep. He measured off another, and knee deep, I think you're just kind of like, you just got one hand at that point. And you're just, you're rocking the one hand. Every once in a while, you just put it up, <laughs> right? And, and like you still care about what, the people, what people think. There's still an awareness. Like, I'm, I'm like, I, I fall short of that all the time. I care what people think about me too much, too much. And I think that's just a part of youth. I pray to God, I was telling Kelly, I hope when I'm 35, I could care less what people think. I really, like, in leadership, you really can't care less. But it's so hard for me because I'm such a feeler. Anyway, like, like, knee deep, you're just like, and you're just, you're starting to get it. And you're starting to experience, man, what God did for me on the cross, why wouldn't I raise my hands to him? Why wouldn't I say, God, it's yours? God, the finances that I'm dealing with, it's yours. God, my marriage that I'm dealing with, God, the circumstances, I raise my hands to you and I sing a hallelujah because you're good. And you're knee deep. 
but there's more. He measured off another thousand and led me through water that was up to the waist. And now you're in the water. Like, I don't know about you. I like love the water. I did water polo and swim, but there were mornings where it was so cold. And so sometimes I'd get in and like creep in. It was like five in the morning. And like, I'm like in and everyone's splashing around. I'm like, don't get me wet. I'm just trying to like figure this out and, and, and like jump in so we can start get the, the ball rolling, get my blood moving. And like, I'm, I'm waist deep and there might be people in this room, you're waist deep in your journey of faith. And you're right there for breakthrough. Do you, you know why Satan doesn't like this conversation of the Holy Spirit? There has been more spiritual opposition towards people in this church, team members on this church. Me personally, through dreams, through being woken up in the middle of the night, there have been more spiritual opposition in my life than I can count. Because I know the Holy Spirit is doing something and can do something, and we can get to the point where we're waist deep, and that's where Satan is not happy. Personally, he's not. I'm sorry to break it to you, but Satan is real and he hates you and he wants you dead. He does. Like, it's just the truth. And we would be lying if we didn't understand that the scriptures, the, the Bible says that. But there's the Holy Spirit and his power. So you could, be, you could be waist deep. And you're starting to get this faith thing. You're starting to really dig into the scriptures. You're starting to have joy like never before. When trials come, you still raise your hand. I, I truly believe this. You can understand a person's faith. You can, how do you measure faith? It's really hard to do that, right? How do you measure what's going on in your heart? I truly believe you can measure a man or a woman's ability to move forward in their faith, in their relationship with God, because it's so unknown in the, the darkest valleys of your life. Honestly, I truly believe that. And I don't want those valleys. But I understand that they're, they're bound to happen. We live in a world that's broken. So if I'm living life and I'm ankle deep and when the storms come, I'm, I'm not, like, not going to be able to last. But, I'm, but when you're waist deep, you're like, you're halfway in. You're halfway in. And then it goes on. Because I wrote this down. I'm wet, but I'm still in control. The worship team, you guys can come on up. And it says this, he measured off another thousand, but now it was a river that I could not cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in, a river that no one could cross. I was, Ezekiel saying, I, I, was, I was in a river and I had no more control, but I knew the God that was in my life, I knew the faith, I, I, I had stepped in, I'd seen enough, I'd, I was ankle deep and I was knee deep and then I was waist deep and now it's got to a point where I stepped out in faith and I no longer can feel the ground. I am no longer in control. And I believe that it is the most dangerous place to be in the kingdom in a powerful way. When you live in, a, in such a realm, in such a space, in such a dimension that you could care less because you know God's in control. I've been around those people and they scare me in a good way. Like what God can do in and through their lives because God is looking for people that are just able. But the storms will come. So how do we get through the storms? I just said it. Remove all barriers. Request the Holy Spirit. Receive him by faith. Receive him by faith. And the last is to... Relate to him daily. I want to read you this passage, though. It says in Hebrews, And without faith, it is impossible to please God. 
because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists, that he rewards those who earnestly ask and seek him out. So relate to him daily. I I really don't want this to just be a clock in and clock out thing. I'm like, I don't want this. I grew up where it's just like churches clock in and clock out. Like, I want this to be a life thing. I want to be in the river where I cannot swim. I cannot feel the ground because God is doing so much and I have to rely on him. I have to give him the, the, the honor. I, I have to say, God, I don't know what I'm doing, but I know who you are and I know you're in control. So I'm gonna let whatever, the, the, wherever the wind takes me, I'm gonna let you do it, God but I have to be grounded, I have to be in community, I have to have the right people in my life that I'm actually being honest with. Second Corinthians says this, the amazing grace of the master Jesus, the extravagant love of God, and the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. That's my prayer for you guys, it really is, that you would experience the Holy Spirit in such an intimate way that when the trial comes, you know, you know where to go. So I want to end with this. I don't know where you're at in life if you just close your eyes with me. I have no idea what's going on in your life. There's two prayers I want to pray with you. And the first is if you've never received this gift called salvation. Like, Maybe you've prayed it in the past and maybe it wasn't a real thing. Maybe it, was, it wasn't a real experience with you and God. Maybe you didn't really give him your full heart. Maybe you were just waist deep or maybe just ankle deep. But like, and then you stepped away and you walked away. Or maybe you've never had an opportunity to give your life to Jesus. It doesn't have to happen here. If you don't do it here, it doesn't mean you, don't, you can't experience it. But I just want to give you an opportunity. If, if you want to give your life to Jesus and you're in this room, would you just raise your hand? So I can see you. I see you. And the second is for those that want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because you have the Holy Spirit, but do you want to be filled? Do you want to have an experience with God? Do you want it to be continual? Do you want it to be a, a part of your life daily? On a, on, a, on a weekly basis, on a daily basis where you just step into the fullness of God, where there's faith. If that's you and you want to be filled with the Spirit, would you raise your hand? I see your hands. Amen. Let's stand. Let's stand together. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. And, and uh, I'm going to ask you to do something really different. Is that Okay. <laughs> We're going to play, and um, uh, Kelly's, Kelly will be over here. James will be over here. I'm going to be right here. And I want to change the posture of prayer in this room. As a leader, I feel like God told me this. He said, change the posture of prayer. You're praying as if, like, you're in defeat. Change the posture of prayer to where you're already in victory. Because we need prayer to continue fighting. But we're going to be in victory. And I felt like in the last weeks we've been saying, hey, come get prayer because you're down. Yes, get prayer for that. But what if, what if we change the narrative to get prayer to have more strength? To have prayer to go into the workplace and really talk 
and change the environment, to have prayer, to go into a school, to go into a classroom, to talk before a professor, to be around your friends and have strength in your being. And it's a filling of the Holy Spirit. And it's a daily act and it's a progressive walk towards Jesus. So when we say, hey, could you come and get prayer? It's so that you can have more strength and more power and more goodness in your life. It's so that we can celebrate the victories over your life. At the same time, if you're going through something, if there's a diagnosis, if there's a sickness, we believe in the gift of healing. I personally believe that. I'll pray for someone all my life. I don't know why God does it in some ways, and that's why they call it signs and wonders. I have no idea. I wonder why. He sometimes does it, and he sometimes does. So I want to encourage you. If, if you say, I want, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Could I encourage you to, to come, up, come up here? Because here, here's why. There is something about removing all the barriers and stepping out in faith. It's the, it's the first step of getting into the water and then you're, you're losing control. I don't know what they're gonna think about me and I don't know how, it, it, like who cares? Right now, people are dying. They do not know about Jesus. People that know of Jesus are still dying. There has to be more. There has to be a power. There has to be a grace. There has to be a movement. And I believe it with every fiber of my being. If Peter could stand before men and be nailed to a cross upside down, there's a witness and there's a power that the Holy Spirit can give us. It's the filling of the Spirit. So if you want that, I'm going to participate with you. But I want to pray for you, people on the team, Taylor and Kelly and, and, and Maddie and Brent, whoever, if you're on the team, could we just pray for anyone and everyone? You don't have to know the audible prayer. You just need to know you're being prayed for. And we're going to continue in worship, and you can leave when you want to, but I just want to dedicate moments to God to say, I want to step into the unknown. I want more of God. I need power in this wicked and scary and evil world that we're living in. And I need some power. I need a wind within my sail. Does that sound good? So I'll be the first to pray. Here's the thing. The altar was created by man, but there's something about step, stepping up and just getting, Nelson and I did it at a conference. Nelson was the first to go. I was like, dang, bro, you're going up there, right, Nelson? He, like, the pastor didn't even say anything. He was like, come on, Samuel, let's go. Let's go right now. And I was like, all right, dude. And we were like the first ones up there. And I, it came in my mind again. Oh, man, people are thinking, like, that pastor, like, he's going through something, so he had to go up there. No, change the narrative. Nelson and I went up there because we needed more strength and more power and more understanding and an anointing over our lives. And that's my prayer for every person in this room, that this would be a declaration. I don't care how big the church is. I don't care what's going on. I believe that God can use a group of people to change the world. I believe that with every fiber of my being. But it starts here and it starts now. Are you with me? So we're going to pray. And you can leave when you want to. We're just going to sing this song. And we're just going to pray that God just give us God, remove the barriers. God, I, want, I, I pray this, Jesus, give me the power of the Holy Spirit. God, I want more of you in my life. That's my prayer. I pray that. I pray this, Jesus, you're so good to me because I have breath in my lungs, but God, I, I need a little bit more in this world.
could you give me some strength? Could you give me some power? Could you unlock the Holy Spirit within me? Could you do something in my life that people would be touched by? And I don't care if it's for me, I just want it to be for others. So if that's you, could you just come up to the front? We're just going to pray, and, and the team's going to pray for you. All right? Sound good? All right. Come on, church. Let's sing this all out together. <laughs> 